Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, we continued our series through the book of James. We all eventually feel the tension of life being hard in some way, shape, or form. Have you ever wondered why God lets us go through these trials and what He's doing in the midst of them? Follow along to see what James has to say to these questions. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are in week two of our James series. If you missed last week, last week was kind of like an intro, and overview. We were talking about uh, who the author is, this guy named James, uh, what he was all about. We talked about who the audience was. We talked about some of his main reasons for writing this letter. So you can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles uh, to James. We're going to be in chapter one. Some of the verses that we covered last week, we're going to sit on for this week. And uh, as you're turning there, I want to want to kind of pull the room and see uh, who is in here. As far as when you uh, have nothing to do, how many of you are perfectly okay with that? Just like relaxing, chilling. How many of you are perfectly fine with that? Can you raise your hand? Uh, versus how many of you, when you have nothing to do, you feel like something is wrong? Anybody feel that way? Like, I need to be doing something. I need to get up. I need to, uh, maybe you don't think about doing things around the house, right? But you're like, I got to be productive with my time. That's, that's okay. So that's like almost half the room. Uh, it's kind of split, right? Uh, so a few weeks ago, I mean, maybe almost a month now, my family and I, we went to the beach and I have, I'm in the, the first category where I have no problem unplugging. Some people you talk to, if they go on vacation, it's like, and maybe this is you, it takes you a couple days to wind down, right? Like you've got to get to vacation, you've got to settle in, you've got to like let the, the distractions or the things from regular home life uh, like sit for a day or even two days and now you can relax, okay? That is not me, all right? I have no problem uh, going home or going on vacation and just like unplugging unplugging from work stuff, unplugging from uh, the to-dos of the day, and just just chilling. And sometimes, admittedly, this uh, this seeps over into some laziness, okay? But I, I've had this, this, I would call it a gift in a lot of ways, okay? This gift I've had since I was very young, and I, I just remember being able to come home, unplug, uh, maybe do my schoolwork or my homework at the, the end of the day, but then like immediately just be able to chill and watch TV or play video games or whatever. Um, and, and that's honestly, like it is a good thing in some ways. I, I think it's a good thing to be able to unplug as quick as I can. But it can lead to some laziness, and inevitably, like, I have to come out of that mode, right? I have to come out of vacation mode. I have to come out of, uh, of rest mode on the weekends or at night because the next day is coming. There's more work to be done, or even there, there might be some things around my house that need to be done. And this is where a lot of times for me, uh, my, my idol of comfort uh, rubs up against the reality of life. Like, I can't just live in comfort and laziness and rest and uh, all of those things I, and relaxation. Like, I, I can't just live in that forever. Eventually, it bumps up against the reality of life. And this has caused a lot of, lot of conflict for me in my life because life is, is hard. Life is not always just, hey, you can do whatever you want when you want to do it. And maybe you guys as 11, 12, 13, maybe some of you 14-year-olds, maybe you've started to realize this by now, Right? That you can't just do whatever you want, when you want to do it, that sometimes there are, are responsibilities, sometimes there's difficult things in life, sometimes life is just, is just hard. And the good news is that really, like, God didn't promise us any different. God never said, and, and maybe some of us think, well, if, if I become a Christian, then life will just be easy. No, actually, in some ways, God talks about life getting, getting harder, 
Life is difficult. The life that we live in, you will experience some form of suffering in your life. And maybe it's not suffering like we read about in the scriptures or some of the suffering that we see in the news or, 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 uh, or see online or whatever. Like, hopefully you don't suffer in some of the extreme ways that, that certain people do, but you will experience suffering. There will be tension in some of your relationships. There will be times when you actually have to do work and the work won't just come naturally to you. Uh, there will be moments when your family's going through things. There will be times when you're sick, and nobody likes being sick, right? Life is hard. Difficult times will come. And for a lot of folks, when those hard things come, when the difficult things come, you know, maybe at first they kind of just try to tough it out or they try to go through it on their own. But especially when the really hard things come, people a lot of times will turn to God and start blaming him or asking him questions. Like, why, why, why would you let this happen to me? I'm, I'm a Christian. I've known you since, I, like, I can't even remember when I haven't known you. And yet you allow these things to happen in my life. Or God, I know that you do work all things for good. And maybe even you're using this difficulty, this, this trial in my life. But I cannot see how. What in the world could you be doing in the midst of this? Maybe this isn't from you after all. People start to ask a lot of questions about hard times in life. And the truth is, we actually see the, the answers, or at least a, a big answer. We may not get all the specifics that we want, but we see a huge answer to why does God allow hard things? Why does God allow trials? Why does God allow tests? And this morning, we see it in the book of James. So the first few, chapter, or the first few verses of chapter 1, we actually read um, last week, but we're going to read them once again, just verses 1 through 4, and then uh, I'll actually add verse 12 in in just a little bit. So read with me the first few verses, and we're going to talk about just that. Why does God allow trials? Why does God allow hard times? If life is difficult, then what is God doing in the midst of it? Maybe you've thought about these things before. Verse 1 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Remember, we talked about James last week. If you weren't here, you can always go back and watch it on YouTube, or we've got podcasts out there as well. Uh, But James was a a half-brother of Jesus, and he was one of the early uh, church leaders. Kind of interesting. Uh, We talked about this a little bit last week, but can you imagine labeling yourself as a servant of your sibling, okay? But James, that's how he identifies himself, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, my my brother. Uh, He says, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. So he's sending this letter. James is a letter. We call it an epistle uh, when it comes to the the Bible uh, in the New Testament. It's an epistle. And he was sending this letter to Jewish Christians, people who were Jews, but now they believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And here's what he says to them. He's he's greeted them. He said who he was. Now in verses two through four, he starts talking about these trials. He says in verse two, count it all joy, my brothers, When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So we're going to take just verse by verse here, excuse me. And, uh, and talk about what James is saying. Count it all joy, verse 2, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. This is an interesting verse. And maybe one that's really difficult and, and still is pretty difficult for me sometimes, depending on what I'm going through. But James is literally saying here, hey, have joy. Like, there, there ought to be some sort of almost like excitement in us 
when we are going through a trial. Have joy when you're going through trials of various kinds. That's a really, really weird and may even seem like an insensitive thing for James to say. But there's a reason. And maybe you've already caught it because we've kind of already read it. But, there, but there's a reason. But let, let's kind of focus on what he's saying first off. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you go through trials of various kinds. Count it all joy when you go through trials or hard things of various kinds. What kind of trials do we go through in life? There's maybe kind of three big categories that I could come up with or think of when it comes to the trials that we face in life. Because you might be thinking, well, well, maybe he means this kind of trial and not that kind of trial. Or, or maybe he means like when certain people go through trials or when, you know, but not when I go through trials. But no, he's, he's speaking to all of us as believers. Hey, we can count it all joy when we go through trials of various kinds. What might those trials be? One of those, I think, is kind of like the reap what you sow trials. It's trials that, if we're being honest, sometimes we bring upon ourselves. That sometimes, whether it's us being disobedient or us making a poor decision. I mean, you guys know it, right? Like, you've, you've gotten in trouble at home, and then you've continued to dig a hole for yourself and made matters worse and got in more trouble. We go through trials sometimes because we, we reap what we sow. We what we've put in is sometimes what we get out, and sometimes what we put in puts us in a trial. Maybe you've been in this situation with some friends where you have said something that, man, if I could just take that thing back, I would do it in an instant, right? Because I didn't, I, I mean, maybe I did, actually did mean to say that, right? Because it came out of my mouth, and what comes out of my mouth is coming from my heart. But you said something that now has put your relationship in some sort of tension, in some sort of conflict, or maybe you had a responsibility that you just neglected to do, and now it's causing all of these dominoes to fall and all these pieces to collapse around you. It's a, a trial of you reap what you sow. But James says, hey, even in, the middle, even in the middle or the midst of that kind of trial, you can have joy. God's up to something. The, the second kind of trial is kind of a trial, maybe like a, a, a spiritual trial, you could call it, or just a trial that comes from following God. You know, uh, sometimes uh, people, if you tell them that you're a Christian, they don't always respond well. But was it necessarily the wrong thing that you told them that they were a Christian? And now you're experiencing all this persecution. That would be an instance of, hey, just by, by being who you are, by being a son or daughter of God, you may experience some trials and some hard times. In fact, Jesus promised that. Hey, the world hated me. They're also going to hate you. There's going to be some trials just by the nature of you being a Christian and following God, but, but not just because you say, hey, I'm a Christian, but actually sometimes following God leads to some conflict, leads to some trials, leads to some difficult times. One of those things might be, I can think of, of my family where we felt like we were following whatever God had next for us by making some moves in our life, whether it's a, a job change or moving to a new city or uh, moving to a new church, whatever it might be, sometimes when we, when we feel like God's calling us to something, it doesn't mean that that something is going to be easier than what you came from. Sometimes it actually means that things might get a little more difficult for you. You stick your neck out for somebody at school who nobody seems to want to stick up for or nobody seems to want to befriend. But you feel like, man, God's called me to love people just like that. But now as you step into friendship with them, some of your other friends are like, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm, 
I felt like God was telling me that I need to love that person. Or maybe you love somebody who people have outcasted because they've actually made some wrong decisions, but you know, hey, man, Jesus, everywhere he went, he was loving people like that. Maybe being like Jesus right here means I need to love the person who's been outcasted. But it brings some sort of new difficulty or new trial. Those, those, and we could keep going on and on, are maybe more what I would call like a spiritual trial. It's not necessarily you reap what you sow because like you didn't do something to put yourself in this situation. You were following God's call and God's, God's prompting. So reap what you sow trials, maybe like a spiritual trial. And then maybe the, the third category for trials is kind of this like, I don't know if I want to call it like the unexplained or uh, the, the mysterious, but, but maybe, maybe a good way to describe it is trials that, re- that are a result of this broken world, broken world trials. That ever since the fall, things were not and are not as they were intended to be from the beginning. That just by nature of where we live, being on planet Earth, that there's brokenness in the world sickness and disease, there's accidents, there's, there's, there's all sorts of brokenness. And, and sometimes we find ourselves in those places where, hey, I didn't do anything to get myself in this position where I'm now sick, or I didn't make a wrong decision and happen to get in this car accident. It's just something that happened. It happened to me. Or maybe somebody, because of their own sin and brokenness, now, now they're bringing a bunch of conflict into your life. And it wasn't necessarily your fault. Like, you didn't even really say anything to them. But because of the stuff that they're dealing with and they're going through on their own, now you are a victim in the way of this person. There's, there's some trials that there's not really a, a way to exactly put our, our finger on what causes or what is the reason but they're, they're a product of the broken world. So whether you're in a trial of your own doing, hey, I got here because of some decisions I made or didn't make, or you're in one of those that's like, hey, I, I'm just following God into this and, and out of following God, I mean, we, we see person after person in scripture, this is the, the, the truth for. Out of following God, things have actually gotten a little more rocky in my life. Or maybe you're in the final trial where just as a product of the broken world, you're, you're experiencing some tough stuff in life. There's really nobody to blame except for the world and the brokenness in it. Whether you're in any of those categories, or maybe you're like, hey, there's another category that I've thought of on my own, and man, I, I kind of think it probably falls into one of the three if, if, we're, uh, if we track it down long enough. But no matter what your trial is, here's what James is saying in it. Again, it's kind of crazy, but have joy in the midst of it. Why is he able to say this? Because if he just left it there, it would kind of seem a little insensitive. Like, hey, I don't, it doesn't matter how hard things get for you. Have joy. Like, know that you can trust God. Find contentment in the midst of it. <clears throat> but James is saying that, and he's saying it for a reason. Verse 3 gives us some of that. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Here's what I think James is letting us know about these trials. How many of you have, have ever been to the gym and at least looked at a weight before. Has anybody ever done that? Okay, yeah, because I was going to say lift, but I know some of you, you're waiting, okay? You don't want to stunt your growth like I did, and uh, you're waiting to touch that weight, okay? Uh, just kidding. I don't think I stunted my growth with weights, but maybe. It's very possible. Um, <laughs> I've like, I'm, I'm just a little 
tree stump and so I could squat a lot and so early on in life people were making me squat a lot of weight and it may have stunned my growth okay it's it's probably not true my whole family's short anyway guys this is not the point it's my own trial uh if you have been to the gym and you've like even seen a weight then I think you understand the concept of like hey we work out right we we make our muscles hurt we kind of tear some of the things that are going on in them so that they can be rebuilt stronger and better than ever, right? You work out, you make some things hurt, you rest, those things get bigger and better and stronger, hopefully, right? And now, now you're even stronger than you, than you were before. And I think that in some sense that that's actually what James is talking about. Have some joy when you're in the gym because you know, even though working out's hard, it's a trial, it's a test, You know that the end result is actually a strengthening of your muscles. Hey, count it all joy when you're in the midst of trials because God is using those trials, much like weights in the gym, much like a treadmill, much like running outside, whatever it is that you do to work out. He's using those trials not to build your physical muscles, but to to build this spiritual muscle that is your faith. That in the midst of the trials, that when you see God coming through and being faithful through it all, continuing to be a good, good father, continuing to just be who he is, that the, the more you spend time in trials, that as God continues to show up, your faith is going to grow. Almost like your muscles. God's using trials. Doesn't that, okay, man, maybe I can get a, a, a little more uh, joy or find a little more contentment in the midst of hard things, knowing that it's not all for naught. That in the midst of those, God hasn't just left you high and dry, but he's actually using those things to do something in you. One of those things being that he is strengthening your faith. And then it says in verse 4, And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. James is saying that God is, yes, strengthening your faith, but, but not just so you can be stronger spiritually but so that your faith, your strengthened faith in God might actually start to to shape and mold and further make your life look like Jesus. That in all things that you do, that you would start to grow in maturity and that through certain trials, maybe God helps you understand, hey, maybe when I said that and I kind of put myself in that, that, that reap what you sow, maybe that's not the most loving way to use my language, my tongue. James is actually going to talk about that in a few chapters for us. Or, or man, I, ha- I had this friend who was really sick, and, and through it, I saw God, God heal them. And that, that changes how you approach the next time somebody's sick or you're sick. Knowing, hey, maybe God will heal them, but, but even if he doesn't, then in the midst of it, he's still God, he's still faithful. That changes how you live and approach life. You know, I actually was talking with uh, our, our community group. We got into a new community group, and it was like uh, basically week three in our community group. Actually, uh, Courtney's family is in my community group, her brother and sister-in-law. <clears throat> and this is actually a, a story that is kind of close to that. Um, that. Somebody was sharing about, about a mother who had cancer, and she was given just a few months to live which is incredibly scary, and that would fall into what I think would be that broken world uh, part of, part of the, the trials, the category of trials. And she was just given a few months to live, something like six to eight months, which is incredibly scary. And somehow, 
in the midst of that trial, maybe not at first, but God worked it in her to just, in, a, in an unexplainable, unexplainable way, be able to trust, hey, God's up to something in the midst of this. He's, he's given or allowed this to happen in my life for a reason, which is a really crazy thing to say. If you've ever known somebody who was incredibly sick or you've ever been incredibly sick yourself, it's a big deal to be able to say, hey, I don't know what this is, but for some reason, God has allowed it in my life and I'm going to count it joy because he's allowed it. This is what this person was saying. He's allowed it in my life and not in, other, in, in somebody else's. They were able to trust in a supernatural, crazy way that God was doing something even in the midst of cancer where they were given months to live. And I'm not saying that this is what happens, but for this person in particular, they started to live much longer than a few months. And what was a year and turned into two years, turned into three years, and eventually was eight years where they weren't even supposed to live for one more year. And in the midst of that, there were some family members who came back to Jesus, some family members who who started to, to see her faith in a, in a miraculous, like, how do you trust God in the midst of that? But that's a perfect picture of what James is talking about. Hey, count it all joy. Know that even in the midst of the worst situation, even in the midst of situations where you can't even put your finger on, how did I get to this place to begin with? God wants to use those things to strengthen your faith, make you more perfect, complete, and lacking nothing, make your life look more and more like the life of Jesus. So your faith, your spiritual muscles being strengthened, not just so you can keep it to yourself, but so that you can actually start to live differently. It's part of what God's doing through these trials. And then I told you I would come to verse 12. We're coming to it now. Verse 12, James says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. That the ultimate end result of all of our trials and all of our tests, there may be some that you deal with and on this earth, they're never truly taken care of or wrapped up. But through it all, God is working on you. Through it all, God is using those things. There will come a day when we get to spend eternity with God and none of those trials or tests are a thing that hinders you anymore. That there's spiritual, spiritual muscle of faith that's being strengthened that changes how we live with the ultimate promise that no matter what we live through, as hard as it might be, that one day we will get to spend eternity with Jesus where all things sad are made happy, all things wrong are made right, and we are with our heavenly Father and our brother Jesus for eternity. So I don't know what the difficult things are that you're going through or what you've been through or what you might go through at some point. I do know that there's some people in here who've been through some serious things. There's other in, others in here who, honestly, you've kind of been coasting through life. And man, praise God that, that your parents are able to take care of a lot of the things that you have. I, I know when I was in middle school, I, I don't know that I would have said I I've been through a, a real serious trial. My family had moved a couple times and we'd, we'd changed friendships and uh, met new people and come to new places. I was kind of taking it on stride. There will come a time, maybe that's you, and, and you're like, I, I don't know. I mean, that sounds really good for people who are going through that, but I haven't been through something like that. Remember what we talked about to start this message, that life is hard. 
that there are difficult things, that none of us can escape it. In fact, it's promised to us in the scriptures that there will be difficult times in life. How does what James said here change your perspective on those things? If you're going through it or if you've been through it or when you will go through it. How does it change the way you approach those hard things? Are are you able to say, man, I might actually be able to find joy now in the midst of my trials, knowing that God is up to something, knowing that he hasn't just left me on my own, that he is using these things for my good and for his glory. That's what James is saying. And that principle can sometimes take a lifetime to learn. But I think knowing it and reminding ourselves of it really will change the way we approach our trials and how we see God in the midst of them. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for James and for his words. Um, God, there, there really are some of us in here who we're, we're in the midst of it right now. There's some really difficult things that have, uh, have shown themselves in our lives or been stirred up in our families and we need to know, we need to be reminded or maybe even hear for the first time that you are doing something in those trials. Would you help us to see just a glimpse of that and may we find joy in knowing that you are at work. For those of us who haven't really feel, we don't feel like we've experienced some of these things, Lord, would you help us to be prepared and that as they come our way, would you help us to remember the words of James written to the early church? that these trials are not for nothing, but you're using them to strengthen our faith, to change and shape our life. And God, thanks for the promise that one day we won't have to deal with any of these things anymore as we spend eternity with you. We love you. Pray all these things in your name. Amen.